Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. We roll along, presented by Progressive Insurance and the guests like the legendary Ozzie Smith. Baseball Legends Week with us here. He'll join me in a half hour on the Goodyear Hotline. I got three records that I think are going to be broken in pro football in 2021 as they'll be playing with a 17-game schedule. But first, Hembo says he has a question. Hembo, what's your question? I do. So you're probably the world's most famous Jets fan, and you're hosting the draft. So I, this has been bothering me, so you're the person to ask. I, I am not the most famous Jets fan. Well, you are, I, you are the most loud. You're the loudest Jets fan. Yeah. Larry David, I think, is the most famous Jets fan. And if you saw the Jets killed Carl episode <laughs> of, of, um, of Curbed, do you know what I'm talking about? No, but I'm laughing anyway. Th- there is an episode. Do you know what I'm talking about? Brandon, you know what I'm talking about. Bubba, do you know what I'm talking about? Bubba, at many people may not know, was actually a writer on Seinfeld for a while, so he has close connections to uh, to Larry and all of that. Are LD, you familiar? Yeah, of course. Do you know the Jets killed Carl? Yeah, yeah, LD. Yeah. That that might be my favorite episode Great of show. any TV show ever. But I digress. Go ahead. Wow. So so we're using Patrick Mahomes as our avatar here for Zach Wilson, and I'm not cool with that because you always like to say let's not bet on things to happen that never have before. But that's only happened one time. Patrick Mahomes to me is something of a singular talent. And if, if, we're, and if our justification for taking Zach Wilson there is that he could become the next to that, the next thing that had never happened before, it seems to me to be a bad math equation. Here's what I will say in response. I understand the point you're making. Here's what I will say in response. I will answer by saying something I've said to you a million times. More quarterbacks are ruined than are developed. Patrick Mahomes is the perfect storm or whatever the positive equivalent of the perfect storm is. Everything went right. He has great talent. He has great character. He has great mental toughness. But he also got drafted into an incredible situation with spectacular skill talent around him where he could sit and learn behind a really good, smart quarterback, a willing tutor in Alex Smith, behind a coach who's going into the Hall of Fame primarily because he knows exactly how to develop quarterbacks in Andy Reid. It is the perfect storm of positivity. So... If you took Zach Wilson and you put him in that situation, I would bet you my house he'll succeed. And if you put Zach Wilson in the situation Sam Darnold was drafted into three years ago, I will bet you every, every cent I will ever make for the rest of my life that he will <laughs> fail. And further, I'll say this. If Sam Darnold had been drafted where Mahomes is by the Chiefs, I'm not saying we'd be calling him the greatest quarterback ever, but he'd be a huge success. Huge. He'd be a star in the NFL. He'd be an excellent player in the NFL. And if Patrick Mahomes had been drafted by the Jets exactly where Darnold was and everything else was exactly the same, the Jets would be talking about drafting another quarterback this year and they'd be talking about where we could trade Mahomes for a third-round pick because every player in football, I'm so excited, I'm smashing my second time today. Every player in football is a system player. Every player. And, and the quarterback, more than anyone else, it is unique in that regard. Your favorite sport is baseball. It is. If you are a great baseball player, you're going to be able to demonstrate that 100 out of 100 times. If you can pitch, you can pitch. If you can hit, you can hit. And it makes no difference what your team is, what the structure, the organization, the manager. None of that matters. Same with basketball. You put a basketball player on the floor, if you're LeBron James, if you're Michael Jordan, doesn't matter who you are. If you're that good, you're going to be able to demonstrate that immediately. If you're a football player... And you're in the wrong spot. You're doomed. You cannot demonstrate the things you can do. I don't care if you're Randy Moss. I don't care if you're Michael Vick. I'm just thinking of the most freakishly talented people I could ever think of. 
If you're not in the right, take a guy like Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, as, as dominant a defensive player in my lifetime, Lawrence Taylor is the best defensive player I ever saw. But Lawrence Taylor was also in a system on defense that highlighted that. Now, we had a brilliant defensive coach and Bill Belichick who said, oh, look at this guy. I can annihilate people with this guy. But if you had played Lawrence Taylor wrong, maybe you never would have seen how good he could be. He might be the unique example. A linebacker might be a little different than other positions. But quarterback is solely dependent on the things around you. So whether you're Zach Wilson and people are suggesting that your, your ceiling is Patrick Mahomes or you're Mac Jones and your ceiling is Matt Ryan or, you're, or whoever you are, this is going to be determined by where they go and how they're handled. That's it. It's as simple as that. Now you got me excited. Now I forgot what I was going to do. Someone tell me where I was going. Oh, three records that are going to get broken. You ready? I'm going to give you three records. The 17-game schedule. I told you yesterday. I don't like it. But it's not up to me. See, they don't ever do what they should do. All these leagues, they should call me. Roger should just call me and say, Greeny, what should I do? And I would tell him, this is what you should do. But they don't do that. So they go on their own, and every now and again, they go wrong. So the 17 games, I get it. Ton of money. I'll be watching. Let's not even go there. One of the, one of the consequences of going to a 17th game is that a million records are going to get broken. I mean, records are going to start falling left and right. So I'm going to give you three that I'm predicting will fall this year. The first of them is the, re- the record for most receptions in a season. That record was held, has been held only since 2019. It was set two years ago by Michael Thomas in New Orleans, who caught 149 passes. In order to surpass that, you will have to average 8.8 catches per game. Do you not believe in, with 17? I, I, all, all the math I'm doing here is with now 17 games. He did that, of course, in a 16-game schedule. To get to 150, you have to catch 8.8 passes, or let's just say for the sake of this discussion, nine passes a game. That feels very realistic, very realistic to me in a bunch of different places. So I believe that record, which again has only lasted at this point one full season, I believe that one falls this year. And that will get some attention. This one will get more. Derrick Henry ran for 2,027 yards last year. Just the eighth time in history that anyone ran for 2,000. Eric Dickerson has the single-season record with 2,105. That's the single-season rushing record, 2,105. He's held that a long time. That record has stood since 1984. That will fall. Add another game. Someone's going to break it. Here's the average. You need 124 yards a game on average. 124 yards a game. So... Assuming you're going to throw in a 211 and a 217 somewhere, that, you know, was going to skew the numbers a little bit. I'm predicting someone will do it. In fact, Henry would have broken the record this year using his per-game average. Yeah, there are 13 instances in the history of the NFL in which a player has averaged at least that many per game. So, I believe it will happen, even though, you know, it's a pass-happy league. Someone will do it. That record will fall. And then, again, the big one, Peyton Manning has the record for most yards passing in a season. 5,477. He held that record, to set it in 2013. To get there, you need to average 322 yards for 17 games. Hembo, do we have a number on that? How many times has anyone averaged 322 passing yards in a game? That has happened eight times, and five of them were by Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we don't have Drew Brees anymore, but someone will do it. I believe all those records will fall. I believe with the 17-game schedule... We will see the record for passing yards in a season, for receptions in a season, and rushing yards in a season all fall. 
Coming up, two quarterbacks are going to get traded, but not the ones you think and not as soon as you expect. That is next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The one, the only, Ozzie Smith in 15 minutes on the Goodyear Hotline as we continue our Major League Baseball Legends Week. Meanwhile, I told you there are two trades in the NFL that are going to happen, but they may not happen as soon as you think and as soon as you want them to. And I think both of those things have pretty significant ramifications. The first one more than the second. The first one is Jimmy G. Right now, keeping Garoppolo in San Francisco for the moment makes sense unless and until they're convinced whoever they draft is ready to win games right now. If they're convinced of that on draft night, I think most likely meaning if they take Mac Jones from Alabama, maybe at that point they trade Garoppolo to New England. That's what everyone is waiting to see. They're waiting to see Bill get Jimmy G back. But if you're the 49ers and you're thinking Super Bowl thoughts this year, and I think they are, and rightly so, I don't think you're trading away Jimmy G so fast. Even if you take Jones, who seems pro-ready, or you take Fields, and especially if you take Trey Lance, who looks like he's going to be the longest-term project of this group, I think you keep Garoppolo, maybe for the season. The knock on Garoppolo is that he's always hurt. It's not that he's not good. He's good. He's not great, but he's good. Just look at the record in San Francisco when he plays versus when he doesn't. Can you get me that, Hembo? They're 22-8 and eight in, in the regular season when he starts for them. And when he's not? Well, that, that, give me a moment. Okay, yeah. 22-8 and eight with him, plus they went to a Super Bowl with him. And the problem is that he's missed 23 out of the 48 games since he's been there. So he has missed 45% of the games since he got to San Francisco because of injury. 
But when he plays, they win. He doesn't play great, but he plays well enough for them to win all of these games. And so I think there's a real chance they hang on to him for the year. And you go the, the, the classic Alex Smith into Patrick Mahomes model. So I think if Bill wants Jimmy G back, I think he might have to wait a year. Have you got that? I'll give you another second. I'll, I'll go on to the next one then. Take your time. It's not, it's not, not urgent, but the point of it is they're 22-8 with him, and they have a terrible record without him. So there's that. So without him, they are 7-27 and 27 under Kyle Shanahan. Okay. 7-27. and 27. So they're 22-8 with Jimmy G, and they're 7-27 and 27 without him. Now, you might say, well, take the starting quarterback off of a lot of teams. That's true. But you're, t- you're sitting there telling me Jimmy G can't play. And so I'm telling you, yes, he can. That's the same thing that would happen to Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers got hurt. It's the same thing that would happen to uh, you know the Patriots back in the day when Brady got hurt. They would lose at about that rate, and that's what the, the 49ers have done. So he's been a, a winning quarterback in a significant way when he's there. So I don't think they're trading him uh, this year. I really don't. I think that they will keep him there. I think when Kyle Shanahan said that and the whole world kind of went, yeah, I don't believe you, I believe him. I think he's going to keep him. Unless Bill makes him an offer that I don't expect Bill to make him. Bill has never been known to overpay for anything. So the idea that Bill is going to send a draft pick back that will surprise us all, I don't see it. But wait and see what happens. So that's the Jimmy G one. The other one is Darnold. Darnold, I think, might not get traded as soon as you think for other reasons, kind of the opposite reason, which is, and I got this note from Graziano, teams look at Sam Darnold as a backup slash reclamation project. Not as a starter. So no team that was looking for a starter bowled the Jets over with an offer. People were wondering, why haven't the Jets traded Darnold? Maybe it's because they haven't made up their mind yet. They made up their mind. The Jets have known they were drafting a quarterback since the beginning. What they didn't have was anyone who was willing to give them what you would want for Sam Darnold. If someone had offered them a first-round pick, maybe even a second, I think that trade would already have been done. But everything I'm hearing is that that has not been offered. So are you going to dump Sam Darnold now for a conditional four in this draft? Or are you better off hanging on until training camp, preseason? Someone's going to get hurt somewhere, and maybe that team becomes desperate enough to trade you more for Sam Darnold. Maybe someone gives you a two for Darnold to try and save their season. Makes sense. So those feel like the two trades that are going to happen. Sam Darnold will eventually get traded, and so will Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm not sure either one of them is going to happen as soon as you're expecting it to. Sneaky Big News. Well, Sneaky Big News for the weekend. I I didn't get to this yesterday. Did you see the Ravens sign Sammy Watkins? Anyone else sort of fascinated by that? Like the Ravens cannot get a top-flight wide receiver to sign there. They're just not interested. Because as Diana said on TV with us last week, The Ravens are looking for receivers who can block. And I've been around a lot of receivers in my life. That's not high on the list of things they want to do. No receiver wants to come in and tell you about all the blocks he threw. I worked with Chris Carter for years, my my buddy Chris Carter. And CC would always say, wide receivers care about exactly two things, me and my money. And you don't get money for throwing a lot of good blocks. You get money for for catching a whole bunch of balls. So, the signing of Watkins, it becomes a fascinating situation. They have him, they have Hollywood Brown, and they have the option of drafting somebody. Give me the word of the Ravens draft in this. Again, I should know these. I haven't Did started you know that doing that. I'm still Watkins doing players. Is only 27? Yeah. That's Sammy crazy. Watkins is 27. He was drafted as a, a, to be a superstar. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. They picked 27th. 27. 
So I'm here to tell you there will be good receivers to take. Among others, there'll be a guy named Terrace Marshall, who caught 13 touchdowns for LSU two years ago on the team that won the national championship, caught 10 more this past year in a shortened season on what was a bad team at LSU. If you like them small and fast, you got a guy named Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. You got a guy named Tutu Atwell from Louisville. If you like them big and physical, you got a guy named Nico Collins from Michigan. You got Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. So there are a ton of good receivers. So the question is, what do the Ravens do there? Do they try to bring in a big-time receiver and try and change things? It is a big year for them in Baltimore. Because what you may or may not realize is that out of 32 teams in the NFL last year, they were 32nd in passing. They were 32nd. They were dead last in passing yards last year. Now, Lamar missed a bunch of games. He had the COVID. He had this and that. They had a bunch of up and downs. And he redeemed himself. If if redemption was, that's not even the right word. Lamar Jackson is a brilliant player who won MVP two years ago. But the questions about his playoff performance, he rose up and he won a playoff game. He won a playoff game for you. So he's answered almost all of the questions. But the one that remains is the big one, which is can you win a championship with a passing attack that is that non-spectacular in the NFL in 2021? Well, the only way you can, you can get the answer to that question is either to continue doing it the way you've done it or to do this, try and bring in some more weapons and try and diversify the passing attack. So Sammy Watkins, all of a sudden Hollywood Brown isn't counted on to do everything. You have the tight ends, and let's see if they draft a receiver. To me, that will be one of the most sneaky, big, interesting things in the NFL draft. Do the Ravens try and take one of the big receivers? I know you think the big receivers are only three of them. There's a lot more guys in this draft than Jamar Chase and the two kids from Alabama. A lot of really good players. Kadarius Toney is a receiver from Florida who could theoretically fall. I, I think he'll be long gone by 27. But there are a bunch of good receivers in this draft. So let's see what Baltimore decides to do. All right, we got the great Ozzie Smith coming up in just a moment as we continue our um, Baseball Legends Week. We have Who You Got still to come today, so we are busy. Greeny here reminding you to spend your tax return wisely with Straight Talk Wireless. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for 199 bucks. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Ozzie Smith next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise-canceling headphones? Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet 
Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Greenie, the podcast. This is Greeny, as always, live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, downtown Manhattan, New York City. And we are 30 seconds away from the one, the only, the legendary Ozzie Smith joining us live as we continue Baseball Legends Week here, the week of the start of the baseball season. We'll do that again in 30 seconds after this from ZipRecruiter. If you're a business owner who is hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Alisand is second for Hits one toward the hole. Ozzy gets the force. A definitive moment from the definitive shortstop of his generation and maybe in the history of the game. Smith corks one in the right down the line. It may go. Welcome to the Hall of Fame, Ozzy. We continue here, and it is my distinct privilege to welcome the Hall of Famer, Ozzy Smith, to our Baseball Legends Week here on ESPN Radio. Thank you so much, Ozzy. How are you today? All right, Mike. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great, and i got to tell you, I'm looking around the room, and everyone in here has goosebumps listening to those calls. I'm just curious, <laughs> like, when you hear them, what does it make you feel? Well, it's it's special in light of the fact that uh, Mr. Buck is is at the mic and you know uh, being such a legend himself and has come up with so many wonderful calls, especially in postseason. Uh, it makes me feel very special to have been a part of something that uh, that has endured. You know, all those moments, you know, the go crazy moment, the home run you hit in the NLCS in 85 and all the rest of that. If you live to be 100, and I'm here to tell you, I hope that you do. (laughs) If you live to be 100, what will be the one moment in your career that you will absolutely never forget? That that would be it. Uh, You know, certainly, you know, I didn't hit uh, hit a total of 28 home runs in my career, but it feels like I've hit 500 because of that call, you know, and it is the, it is the one moment that, uh, that people remember. And it's always nice to be a part of a moment that people can look back and they can tell you exactly where they were when the, when the moment happened. And, you know, I have 
so much of that every day of my life, you know. So it's just nice to to have been a part of that. And, of course, Jack Buck made it very special. How do you explain it? Like, like how does a moment like that actually happen? Again, you hit 28 home runs in your career. That's a walk-off shot in, in, a, in a, an NLCS game that, if I have this right, is the, your first home run of your career as a left-handed batter after more than 3,000 plate appearances. How do you explain that? Well, you know, I think that in 1985, I, uh, Mike had met Mackie Shillstone, and I always worked extremely hard at trying to be a well-rounded player. And, and in many instances, I don't think I was given, you know, uh, credit for the offense that I was able to create, you know, if it's stealing bases and driving the runner in from third base with less than two down on a consistent basis and being able to get the runner over and get him in. Those things sometimes are overlooked because guys are hitting the ball out of the ballpark, but it's that part of my game that, and part of the Cardinal organization that uh, plays that type of baseball. And uh, I think that was one of the reasons that Whitey uh, actually brought me over here because he knew that I could, you know, I, I could do those things. And uh, so that particular moment uh, after I had met with Mackie and Mackie had helped me become a, a little bit stronger, stronger from the standpoint of not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, but being able to back the defense up. I took that and I took that with working hard and learning how to pull the ball, get the ball down in the corner and um, prevent the guys from being able to throw the ball and get me out inside as consistently as they had. And all of those things in 1985 came together. I knew, I realized how to, how to pull the ball a little bit better, uh, had a little bit more power. And I certainly, in that instance, was not trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. I was just trying to get myself in scoring position. And then, as you know, in Bush Stadium, there are very few um, – there are little spots in the ballpark, you know, maybe 15 feet from each line where the ball has a chance to go out if, if a little guy hits it. And in that instance, uh, he supplied the, the power. I supplied the technique, and, and history was made. Hmm. I can't tell you how much I'm loving this conversation because you're talking about a game that barely is played. It, it, it's barely recognizable to most people who are watching the sport today, and it's just wonderful. The great Ozzie Smith is with us here on the Goodyear Hotline celebrating March deal days with month-long service and savings. Visit GoodyearAutoService.com for offers. The next thing I want to ask you about, Ozzie, is the love affair between the city of St. Louis and the Cardinals is something that I'm not sure I've seen matched anywhere. And and this is an example I use. I've mentioned this in many interviews that I've done over the years. Any adult that I meet that I did not know as a child, most of the time I don't know where they're from. If if I meet you as an adult, I don't know where you're from. Why would I know where you're from? Anyone who grew up in St. Louis, I know they're from St. Louis. And they never stop talking about being from St. Louis, and they never stop talking about the Cardinals. How would you describe the love affair between that city and that baseball team? Well, I think it's, uh, Mike, it comes from pe- the people around here. They, they come from the land, you know, so they understand what hard work is. And, and, and I think for years, the organization has always been one that has been fundamentally sound. Um, and I came here at a time when that was really accented, you know, so the appreciation for the final parts of the game, I think are one of the things that, that sits this city apart. They know that, Baseball can be won without necessarily being a big power-driven uh, team. We, we proved that through the 80s that if you execute the fundamentals and you execute them more consistently than the opposition, you have a better chance to win, even if you don't hit the ball out of the ballpark. 
with good overall team speed, you're always able to put pressure on the defense. And if you don't strike out and you don't beat yourself, you got a chance to win. And I think that was what we proved in the eighties. And I think that's the thing that, that, um, endeared people to the type of excitement that is created every day when you come to the ballpark. You didn't know exactly how it was going to be done, but because we, we executed fundamentals, we had good overall team speed, um, something exciting uh, had the capability of happening. And even if the team wasn't, you know, we could be getting shut out, but that one little infield hit or that one blooper can, can be the start of a big inning. And we, we certainly had our share of that in the 80s. You, in fact, you had the best defense in the sport in the 80s from 82 to 1990. Whitey Herzog, the manager, Ozzie Smith, the shortstop, the Cardinals had the number one defense in baseball. All right, so the two things that made you a legend, that made you a Hall of Famer, which are defense and stolen bases, are two things that are sort of being lost in the game or at least being de-emphasized for the most part in the game today. So you, to me, are the perfect person to ask. How do you feel about the directions that the game has taken? Well, I, I mean, it's been a little disheartening to watch. You know, I think that too much emphasis now are put on all of these other things when, when, as I mentioned a second ago, you know, the things that we concentrated on, Mike, were being able to drive that runner in from third base with less than two down on a consistent basis is very, very important to the success of any team. Learning to, be, to get that guy over, if guy gets on, learning to get that guy over, and get them in. Those are those are the fundamental things that never change. Catching and throwing the baseball that will never change. And the teams that do that more consistently are the teams that are going to give themselves the best chance at winning. Yeah, you know, uh, teams are much more offensive oriented today, but you still got to play defense to get to the big dance. And so that was the thing that we prided ourselves on. It was one of the things that I prided myself on, being able to play on both sides of the ball. Uh, That certainly is missing today. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get back to it, but, you know, people love seeing that ball fly out of the ballpark, and it certainly is flying out of the ballpark at at an alarming rate. Um, You know, occasionally you do get to see some good defense play. There are some guys that are pretty good defensive players. We just acquired probably one of the, the best defensive third baseman the game has ever seen in, in uh, Nolan Arenado. You know, so it's going to be fun for me to watch a player of his caliber play here this year and, and, um, and watch, him, watch him do his thing and, and the people show their appreciation for all the things that he brings. The great Ozzie Smith is with me. My favorite stat that I saw today in getting ready to welcome you to this program. In Ozzie's final season, he struck out 18 times in 603 (laughs) at-bats. Those are numbers that people are not ultimately familiar with today. Ozzie, shortstop's making 300 million bucks. We got one in San Diego. We may have one in New York today. What do you think? (laughs) Well, I was born too early, Mike. (laughs) They're they're making... uh, they're making a lot of money today. You know, they're, uh, I think the guys today certainly are much more offensive oriented. Um, you know, I don't think that there's as much emphasis put on defense, although, those, you know, those guys that you're mentioning are, are pretty good defensive players, but I don't know if, if they would be considered prototypical shortstops like myself or and Omar Vizquel were back in the day. But, uh, you know, it's, it's where we've come. It's, it's where it is. And, you know, we just uh, sit back and try and enjoy it as much as we possibly can. Absolutely. The great Ozzie Smith is with us here. All right, one more story I'm, I'm dying to get. 
Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. All right. So those of us who watched your career will remember your trademark back flip. I want to make sure everyone who's too young to remember knows I'm not saying bat <laughs> flip. I'm saying back flip. And I got a, I got a note here that said you, that you learned that by practicing in sawdust piles at a lumber yard as a kid. Tell us the story of how you first started doing the backflip. Well, I, we lived in, uh, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles, and we lived across the street from a, a, uh, a lumber yard where they, there was plenty of sawdust and there were boards. And we used to go over there and we'd take old inner tubes and we'd patch them up. And my brothers or my friends would sit on the side and we'd use that as our springboard. And then on Thursdays, we'd go to what they call family fun centers where they had trampolines in the ground. And, you know, as kids, you know, it was always about a dare, Mm -hmm. you know. So we used to tumble over the concrete on Thursdays from one trampoline to the other. So I was one of those daredevil kids. So I learned to tumble. So when um, when I uh, made it to the big leagues in 1978, which was my rookie year, in spring training, we had to run a couple miles after we practiced. Well, I wasn't one for running long distances. I, you know, I, I was a sprinter. So after we finished, I had Gene Tennis, Dave Winfield, Raleigh Fingers, Gaylord Perry, all were giving me a hard time about being the young guy and being, the, being at the back of the pack. So to show the guys that I wasn't tired, I did a round-off backflip, and at the time, Mike, I could really leap. I, <laughs> I, had, I had good leaps. Because I, I played basketball in high school, too, you know. So uh, that, was, that was the other sport that I played. And, and so I had good leaps. And Gene Tennis had girls that were involved in gymnastics. And he wanted me to show them that I could do it at some point in time during the season, which we weren't able to do. So the final day of the season, which was Fan Appreciation Day, he and the PR guy thought it would be a good idea to get the crowd excited for me to do that going out to my position. I reluctantly did it. And people liked it so much, they asked me to do it opening day the following year. And lo and behold, a trademark was born. Mm. A great story. And the note here, when you went into the Hall of Fame at the unveiling of your statue, the sculptor said, quote, you spent half your career up in the air. That makes it difficult for a sculptor to do something with it. (laughs) 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 The great Ozzy Smith. Yeah, I I did it in the air or, or I was... Stretched out on the ground somehow, but uh, I had fun doing it for 19 years, and I feel very fortunate to have had the opportunity to play this wonderful game. And people always ask me, what would I change? I wouldn't change a thing, you know. We talk about money today, but at the time, you know, at one point in time during my career, I was I was a highest-paid player, certainly a highest-paid shortstop, you know. So uh, I was here in my time, and uh, my time was right. Listen, I can't tell you how much we have enjoyed this time, Ozzy. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for making this time for us, getting us all set for the start of the baseball season. I couldn't think of a better way to have our Baseball Legends Week than to have this conversation. Thanks a million. Continued good health, and I hope we do it again soon. Okay, Mike. Thank you, guys. Take care. That's the great Ozzy Smith. You know, I'm, 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 Bubba, we'll, we'll save who you got for tomorrow. That was That was – Everything that I was imagining it might be and more. I'm looking over at Brandon. Brandon has got a look on his face like, oh, Greeny, that was really good. I think we all feel that way um, because there's just such a a class and a dignity, right, that from that man, it it oozes from his every word. Um, In 1988, he led baseball in salary. He made $2.3 million. 
How many games does Bryce Harper have to play to make that <laughs> is, is my question. But whatever, the, the, that's not the point. It was his time, and, and that's how much people got paid then. And we're going to have Ryan Sandberg later this week. Ryan Sandberg, I remember, I was covering the Cubs when they made him the highest-paid player in baseball in the 90s, and it, it was, he was $7 million a year. That was when it crossed the $7 million threshold, and it just kept going up and up, and it keeps going up. But look, God bless them. I I I I do not begrudge anybody making as much money as they can and as much money as they want. Did you have that there? How much money it would cost? To, how many uh, games? Oh no no no. Right, so, okay, <laughs> I, I was kidding anyway. Okay. So let me just tell you. Let me finish it with my own story. Just gonna sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. So uh, for I want to think uh, how many years in a row was it that Mike and I did the the celebrity uh, softball game at the All Star game? I think it was three years in a row. We managed the celebrity. So, so if you go to the All-Star game, I'm not sure they still do. Well, there was no All-Star game last year. But it, 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 when they do the All-Star game, on the Sunday, they have the, the Heroes and Celebrity All-Star game. It's a softball game. And they have a bunch of like famous people that show up to play. And then they have a bunch of legendary players that show up to play. And Mike and I managed that game against each other several times. The first time was at Yankee Stadium, the last year of the old stadium. So whatever year that was, 07, 08. 08, last year of the old stadium. And then one year it was in St. Louis. And they would also, we would also get to play. Like we would, we would get to play. And my only wish was that I could, I didn't anticipate getting on base. I mean, I, I would love to have gotten on base, but I wasn't like, oh, I hope I can hit a home run in this game. All I wanted was to hit the ball to a hero and not a celebrity. Like, I remember, like, Golik, well, Golik, one time he, he popped out to the catcher, which was Gary Carter. Oof. But Golik, no, he got hits. Like, he was good. Mike was, look, he was a world-class athlete. He was good. And even the outs that he made, he hit a smash who was it? Uh, Paul Molitor, I think, like robbed him. <laughs> Paul Molitor, like diving to his right, made like a backhand stab and threw him out. And I was like, that's my dream. I want to be much more than to be able to say I hit a single in a celebrity game. I wanted to be able to say <laughs> Ozzie Smith robbed me. That's all I wanted. This is a very, was a very long way of getting to this point of the story that we're in St. Louis and I'm up. And I, I've got my team had like Nelly. And we had all the St. Louis celebrities. So the woman, Jenna Fisher from The Office, was on my team. John Hamm was on my team. All these different St. Louis, you know, Chingy, the rapper Chingy was on my team. I had to take out Jenna Fisher and put in Chingy at catcher because she was lovely, but she couldn't catch. Double, but that's, was that a double switch situation? That was, it was a switch situation because we were winning in the game late. And I needed, if we'd made a play at the plate, I needed someone who could actually catch the ball <laughs> in the event that we had to throw it there. But that's neither here nor there. I love the office and I love Jenna. That's, as, well, I mean, I, I've never met her in my life besides that. But whatever. None of this is the point of the story. The point of the story is that in my entire offensive career in these games, all I wanted was to hit the ball to Ozzie Smith. Hit the ball to Paul Molitor. Hit the ball to somebody like that. In my career, I popped out to a Backstreet Boy. I grounded out to Billy Crystal. And I popped out to a Jonas Brother. And that's it. That's my offensive career. I never hit the ball to a baseball player. Uh. Billy Crystal threw me out. Billy Crystal threw me out by a 
freaking country mile. I was so out. He was playing short. Billy Crystal could play baseball. Sure, but you're still playing on 60-foot bases, right? You're not going all the way down. Uh, he threw me out. If it was 60 feet, he threw me out by 40. <laughs> I, <laughs> all I told myself going up is you're not going to swing at the first pitch no matter what. But Goose Gossage screwed me. Here's how. So when I go up there, they had cooked this up. Golick and the rest of them had cooked up. That when I went up, Goose Gossage would take the ball and overhand fire one in there oh, just no. to scare me to death. So I went flying towards the dugout. Have you ever had Goose Gossage throw a ball in your direction? <laughs> he's the angriest looking person you've ever seen in your life. He's like, he's, on the mound, he looks eight feet tall. And, and so he, th- he fires in, you know, uh, whatever. I don't know how fast it actually is going. <laughs> That's Probably a bad like, matchup for you. But it was a very bad matchup for me. So I'm on my heels as it is. Then he does, you know, just lob me a softball. Even though I told myself I'm not going to swing in the first pitch, I did. I grounded to Billy Crystal. I almost forgot to run. I was, like, so overwhelmed by the situation. If the bases are 60 feet, he threw me out by 45 feet. I was so out. It was was ridiculous. But anyway, all of that was a very ridiculous way of saying talking to Ozzie Smith was a treat. Thank you, Ozzie. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out today. This was great fun. Uh, We'll come back with more legends and more fun tomorrow. I'll see you then right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.